The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. This is the first episode in our three-part year in review series. Today, a look at January through to April 2020. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Larissa Moore. Sometimes, Larissa, it's good to take a step back, to take a moment to have a think about the year that was. Perhaps that's especially true for a year like 2020. It was a year that felt like it went January, February, COVID, December. Not untrue in some respects, but lots of bits and pieces happened throughout. So whilst we won't shy away from the tough news stories of each month, we'll also take a look at the stories that were just downright interesting, weird or cool. And how do we judge that? Well, we don't. You do. Because we have a daily news email, we know what you guys have been clicking on. Usually it's dominated by red carpet galleries, but in 2020, there weren't too many of those. So expect some surprises. Month by month, we'll gallop through. Let's do it. Feeling nostalgic? <laughs> I, <laughs> I am now after that little musical interlude. Thought you'd like that. Well, here we are, Larissa. At the start, we're in January 2020. Of course, we were still in the midst of that horrific bushfire season. Throughout January, there wasn't just the fallout from the devastation of the 2019 and New Year's Eve fires, but there was also plenty of places around the country still on high alert with hot and windy conditions continuing. And we were rallying together. Who could forget Celeste Barber's fundraising effort that landed at over $51 million? But it was a pretty ordinary start to the year for many. In some ways, though, looking back now, it did seem like a simpler time. For one thing, the next biggest news story was the completion of Brexit. Yep, the UK officially left the EU on the 31st of January, but you say it was the biggest story out of the UK, Kate. Perhaps not, because January was also all about Mexit. Mexit, Meghan and Harry. Maybe Mm -hmm. that does mean it was a simpler time. (laughs) It was the 8th of January when Meghan and Harry put up that social media post saying that they, and I quote, intend to step back as senior members of the royal family and work to become financially independent. At the time, it felt like really, really huge news. And And it was, but little did we know it would pale in comparison to what was happening in China. It was January when the world started paying attention to a SARS-like disease, what we now know to be COVID-19, that started in Wuhan, China. Yep, it was the 11th of January that China reported its first confirmed death from the virus, a 61-year-old man from Wuhan. It then started to spread around the world, and for local context, it was the 21st of January when the Queensland health officials confirmed that a Brisbane man was being tested for this new strand of this virus. He was negative, but by the end of that week, five people in Australia were confirmed to have COVID. And we know how it unfolded from there. A couple of other notable things about January. On the 26th, basketball legend Kobe Bryant was one of seven people to be killed in a helicopter crash in LA. And the other big thing in Jan was that General Soleimani, said to be the second most powerful man in Iran, was killed in Iraq by an American drone strike. All a bit heavy for the start of the year, Larissa. What about what squizzes were perusing? You'll be pleased to know that love endures, Kate. A love story between two parrots, Kirby and Susie, was the most clicked link in the Squiz Today email for January. It's just, you know, the classic tale of two parrots from two (laughs) different walks of life, literally, because these two species don't typically mate. So their love story was one against the odds. Beautiful. We better include links to all of these in episode notes, I think, in case people want a recap. 
On now to what February brought us in 2020. February, Larissa, is the shortest month, but boy, oh boy, did a lot go down. It was the very, very start of February when the Australian government, along with others around the world, started to evacuate citizens out of Wuhan in China. It was on the 3rd of February that the first Aussies were evacuated from China to Christmas Island for two weeks of quarantine. We started learning that elderly people were the ones really most at risk from this disease. And also this was when the virus started spreading on cruise ships. And I also went on maternity leave and handed you the podcast reins, Larissa. Massive hospital pass there. (laughs) I'm getting flashbacks. (laughs) At this time, we were still referring to COVID-19 as an outbreak. The word pandemic, though, was starting to be tossed around, though not officially declared. That's for next month. Other stuff that went down in February include the planned end to America's involvement in their longest war, Larissa. The 29th of February saw an elite year no less, saw the US and the Taliban sign a historic deal that signalled the end of the war in Afghanistan after 18 years of conflict, and that included nine years of on-again, off-again peace talks. Closer to home, it was announced by General Motors that they would be retiring the Holden brand in Australia and New Zealand. That was big news at the time. Mm. Also, a truly distressing domestic violence incident in Brisbane happened when Rowan Baxter killed his three children, himself and his wife, after setting fire to a car. As we got to the end of February, the news was becoming more and more COVID-saturated. At this time, there were 22 cases in Australia. All of them were in quarantine, so mostly we were going about life still as normal, except if you wanted to travel to or from China, that was banned. Little did we know how many more borders would be shutting this year. It was at this time that the situation in Italy was the biggest COVID news story. Cases were climbing rapidly there. The government were telling citizens in the northern regions of Lombardy and Veneto to stay at home and public gatherings like the Venice Carnivale were completely called off. Lockdown started to become a thing, a word we would continue to say a lot across the year. (laughs) What squeezers were really interested in though, Larissa, was a video of a dog flunking out of dog training. So funny. A two minute mashup on YouTube of all the ways this dog did not pass dog training school. (laughs) It's accompanied by that classic song, I Did It My Way. Uh, It's something that'll definitely put a smile on your dial. Which you're going to need as we dive into March. A big one for the world. March really was when things started to fall apart, pandemic speaking, Larissa. So let's start on a positive note. We'll get to COVID in a minute. With what turned out to be basically the last live sporting event in the world for some time, the Women's T20 World Cup was held in Melbourne. Australia won. Katy Perry performed. 86,000 odd people attended. It was a pretty spectacular event. Don't those crowd numbers seem absolutely massive now? Mm. That was on International Women's Day, so the 8th of March. And then the 9th of March, the World Health Organization officially declared COVID-19 as a global pandemic. Yeah, it was now present in most countries around the world. And March was when Europe became the world's new virus epicenter. That was with Italy, Spain and France, the worst hit and countrywide lockdowns were announced. In Australia, the 1st of March saw our first COVID death and the first cases of community transmission happened. The infamous Ruby Princess cruise ship docked in Sydney. Those passengers that disembarked from that led to 900 new cases and 28 deaths in Australia. 
And it all really snowballed from there. Just looking back across the Squiz Today emails and podcasts during that time, it was very COVID heavy. Mid-March, we shut our borders with all non-Australian citizens and non-residents blocked from entering the country. There was a ban put on Aussies going overseas. State borders started to close and we went into lockdown. Larissa, no public gatherings, non-essential businesses were closed, events were cancelled and everyone was told to stay home. Yeah, it really was when things were starting to get pretty serious. Thousands of people suddenly were without a job. The government announced record stimulus packages totaling $215 billion and proposed a new iconic program, JobKeeper. Mm -hmm. So March was when we really started to talk about not only the health impacts of a global pandemic, but also the very real economic impacts. Yeah, that's right. On the health impacts in Australia, our death toll was at 18 come end of March. Around the world, the number of global cases rose to 755,000 people. At this point, more than 36,000 people had died and almost 160,000 people had recovered. It was when Scott Morrison said that this is a one in 100 year event and it was clear this was really bloody serious. I mean, who could forget the run on the supermarkets for toilet paper? Not our finest moment, (laughs) though we did become quite excellent at knowing how to wash our hands and how to use hand sanitizer. Still got that one down pat, something that will hopefully never leave us. It is really hard to look at March and see any other news except COVID-19. Yep, even Prince Charles got the virus. And speaking of the royals, Mm -hmm. Squeezers did manage to find something to click on outside of COVID news, Larissa. Gotta love Squeezers. Gotta love the royals. It was a pic of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle at their first public joint appearance since announcing that they were stepping back from royal life. That was the most clicked on link in the Squeeze Today email for March. So yeah, not even a global pandemic can topple a little royal clickbait, it seems. It's a photo worth clicking on. Harry and Meghan under an umbrella in the pouring rain, gazing at each other, the metaphors, the symbolism, it was all there. Iconic. Iconic. On to April. Come April, Larissa, the US really started to enter the fray as not only a nation very much affected by the virus, clocking up the most cases in the world, but also politically it was in April when President Donald Trump started to really place some blame on China for the outbreak and he pulled funding to the World Health Organization. And that was also when Prime Minister Scott Morrison came out and led the world in calling for an independent inquiry into the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. And from there, an already difficult relationship with China went south. There were threats of a boycott of Australia by Chinese students and tourists and potentially of our wine and beef exports from their embassy in Canberra. And that dispute continues to escalate. Mm -hmm. We talk about that still a lot now. The other thing the government had been busy working on was getting JobKeeper through Parliament. That happened in early April. It became the largest stimulus measure in Australia's history at $100 billion. How many times can one say an eye-watering amount? Nearly as many times as we say that coronavirus is a once in a hundred years event, I think. But other stuff did happen in April. Kate, Cardinal George Pell's conviction was overturned. Bernie Sanders dropped out of the race to become the Democratic candidate for US president, which meant it was starting to become clear that it was Joe Biden who would be the man taking on Donald Trump. Gee, it's a big year, isn't it? Already. We're only mid-April. We all know what (laughs) happened there. There are a few movements in the Aussie sporting world also in April. Tom Greenberg, the CEO of the Rugby League, stepped down, as did Raylene Castle, the CEO of Rugby Australia. But there's no avoiding it. COVID news was where it was at. 
the virus tipped a debt-heavy Virgin Australia into administration and we started to talk a lot about predictions by Treasury that our unemployment rate was likely to hit 10%. And I reckon, Larissa, that mid to early April was peak Zoom. Oh, we were still locked down, so we were Zooming for work and we were Zooming for fun. <laughs> were we though? <laughs> Zoom trivia nights were a huge thing. We put out a big quiz for the Easter break around this time. Yes, Zoom became part of the vernacular in a big way, as did flattening the curve, which we were doing here in Australia. Yeah, you and Claire really enjoyed flattening the curve and the bubble. (laughs) We'll get to the bubble later in the year. It was a big month. What were the lighter things that Squizzes found solace in, Larissa? Look, it was a weird time, so quite fitting that it was a photo shoot where Barbie married One Directioner Louis Tomlinson. I don't understand. Uh, it's, It's as described... I don't know. As I say, April was a weird time. Check out that link. (laughs) Check out that link. Probably not a bad thing to have April behind us, I think. Let's leave it there. Let's leave 2020 there. In fact, the next episode will gallop through May, June, July and August. In the meantime, thanks for tuning in. If you don't already know, we have a daily news podcast out at 6am that in under 10 minutes gets you across the day's news each morning. It's having a short break over Christmas, but we'll be back come the 4th of January. And the same goes for our Squiz Today email. If you have found us via the magic of podcasting, we also publish a weekday email that gets you across the news. It's where you can always find the links and more info to stuff that we cover in the podcast and especially if you're after the quirky stuff as well as the recipes we recommend which are always super popular all the recipes from the year are actually up on our website as we speak aren't they yes they are we'll pop a link to that in your episode notes as well catch you tomorrow from may through to august the squeers is a free weekday email and podcast we're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN. VPN.com forward slash squiz today.